A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to Red Men News. I am Ross Chanley, joined today by Jack Gill. Which side do you have on that side, Tom? It's on the one, okay, fine. I'm not going to try the high five thing again. Um, plenty of news to get through today. Uh, basically, everything that me and Jack discussed yesterday doesn't really matter because Liverpool made a massive U-turn and they've stopped um, their procedure to uh, furlough some of their staff. Um, one piece that is on that is from The Athletic. Another reminder, and we'll stop doing this soon, uh, if you want a seven-day free trial and 50% off our yearly subscription for The Athletic, you've got until Thursday to do that. So it's www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash Redmen News. Um, there's lots going on there at the minute despite not being loads of footy content, but one piece that came out today uh, from Cy Hughes on the furlough stuff. Uh, Liverpool's apology shows humility exists, but PR, PR humiliations are too frequent. Um, some of you will remember the, the £77 ticket prices. Um, and then it was, I saw a tweet yesterday which reminded me about the um, trying to ban the, the name Liverpool and, and kind of, you know, take royalties over that. Um, but he says it is clear from more statement and by listening to those close to the situation that this is what local thought they were doing when a decision was taken to fill almost half their non-playing staff in the period where all revenues to Anfield have pretty much stopped. Uh, nobody knows for certain how long this crisis might last. After all, Liverpool's economic world is a real one. And as more reminded at the end of the statement, coronavirus will negatively affect our ability to operate where we previously have um, we'll go on to the actual statement in, in a minute, Jack. Um, but uh, something that we did speak about yesterday, actually, and I think we find it difficult because obviously we're local fans and all the emotions in there. But ultimately, Liverpool is a business. So, you know, that, that bit there where, where, well, there's two things that Pete Moore's talking about is kind of saying, well, you can't have it always. And I think this is something that, that Paul picked up on, on one of his reactions of saying, you know, in four months' time, we can't afford a Jaden Sancho or, or, you know, just I take that as an example. Like, there will be people that will still complain, but, you know, the people that want Liverpool to take advantage of, of, of that the initiative that the, the government have, have provided. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is the stance I'm on. Uh, you know, like yesterday I said, uh, I expect them to, to do this and, and to make the turnaround. And I think it was the best thing for them to do it. I don't feel as though the club and the owners and Peter Moore should be somewhat uh, applauded for, for making what is now the right decision. Um, I think obviously the U-turn is, is what was needed and what was necessary because I think it was the most moral thing to do. Um, but I think the, the best thing to take from this is that we all support a club that is willing to listen to, to not just celebrities and, and people that criticise them, but their fans as well. And, and I think the spirit of Shankly have been excellent in, in helping people get their full play, pay off the club and, and helping the club make the, the most moral and the, the correct decision on this matter. 
Yeah. Where, where do you stand on that, that bit of science? Oh, trademark was the word I was looking for, by the way. Um, I don't remember back there. Uh, you know, of these, you know, the, the ticket prices, obviously we kicked up about that. As you rightly point out, you know, they stopped the listening to, to what we kind of said. The trademark stuff was kind of a, a similar situation. Of, you know, Liverpool fans stood the ground. But, you know, they didn't want it. There's loads of businesses that, you know, that we're friends with that we know, you know, Threads to Reds, uh, Love Follow Conquer, you know, and again, Spirit Shanty got involved in that one. And then there's this as well. And one of the arguments that I saw yesterday, and I think you, you, you just cancelled it there, of, you know, everybody makes mistakes, you know, uh, business decisions and whatever, you know, so, you know, I think it's slightly different in this case where it's not one person who's made a mistake. There's obviously got to be four, five, six plus people who have gone, shall we do this? And I don't, I don't, recall any Liverpool fans that agreed with what we did yesterday but in terms of, of the ownership where do you stand on that and I don't obviously want to fucking go out and, and criticise what you did does it concern you the fact that it's not just one thing it's a succession of things ultimately they're, they're, they're business people you know they'll always think business before anything else um, and you know we've, we've seen on three different occasions now where they've received backlash for making a business decision that they clearly thought was the right thing to do at the time and um, they've received backlash and they've gone no you, you know what will change that and that's what I think the positive to take from this I, I don't think um, the whole decision and the, the way that it's been worded that they should be applauded for, for making a U-turn but I think they should be applauded for the fact that they are willing to listen we, we spoke yesterday about Tottenham and the fact that a lot of people criticised Tottenham when they did it. Newcastle, they did it. But they stuck to their guns. You know, they're, they're not changing their minds. Whereas Liverpool are the club that have, have gone and gone, you know what, we made a bad decision uh, and, we'll, and we'll change our minds. And as you say, they've done it on two occasions before. Um, and, and I do think that's that's a good thing, that they are willing to listen to people and they are willing to, to reassess and change their minds on, on certain things. One of the points that Saiki is trying to make in this, Jack, is that Again, you know, we're, we're Liverpool fans, so we get the emotion, we get the ethos of the club, and you know, it's black and white. We've, we've grown up on it; it's been, you know, it's been ingrained into us as, as fans growing up. So, and we're trying to understand the business perspective of things. Do you think it's fair to say, you know, FSG, uh, uh, they're trying to learn the Liverpool ways of where, you know, it's and for that way that they're making mistakes because, like you said, they're business-minded people. They must be hard for them. To go, okay. We need to see it from that perspective as well. Absolutely. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when FSG first came in, I think they said, well, you're going to have to bear with us. This is our first football club. We don't really watch football, so you'll have to you'll have to bear with us. And, you know, they've shown here that I think they don't realise football in England is so, so big. And when you make a decision, as you saw yesterday, the it was everywhere. Everyone was talking about. It. Everyone was talking about Liverpool and the decision that that they made to furlough the staff. So, you know, I, I think they clearly misunderstood the the voice of football in the UK, and and it's so massive, and the the fans have such a big say. Um, but as I say, I, I think the way they're willing to listen and, and willing to to understand the fans' point of view and and not uh, you know just um, normal people's point of view, I, I think is brilliant. Yeah, um, so we'll go on to the actual statement that came out yesterday. Um, I urge you to go and read this. It's quite a lengthy letter that Peter Moore's written to the fans. Um, Tom will put all the links in the description for all the articles from today. Um, but I just took a small segment of it. This is, um, we believe we came to the wrong conclusion last week to announce that we intend to apply the coronavirus retention uh, scheme and furlough staff due to suspension of the Premier League football calendar. And I'm truly sorry for that. Our intentions were and still are to ensure the entire workforce is given as much protection as possible from redundancy and or loss of earnings due to the unprecedented period. 
We are therefore committed to finding an alternative ways to operate while there are no football matches being played that ensures we are not applying for the government relief scheme. There's a couple of things within that, Jack, and obviously, you know, being <laughs> truly sorry, I think, is, is, is the key thing. And, you know, and I've seen lots of this, of, you know, I think you said that they shouldn't be applauded for, for doing it. And, you know, I, I, think, I, I think I agree with that. Um, but also, I don't think it's applause. Just go, OK, sounds, you, you've recognised you've made a mistake. Let, let's all move on now and kind of kind of put it behind us. And there's the argument of, you know, oh, you only back down because of the backlash. If the people didn't backlash, you, you would have gone with it. But also, I think he's, he's partly right in there. You know, <laughs> they've got loads of staff to look after as well. And it's, I don't know, I think it's fine. Because I, I think we touched on this yesterday, saying, well, the owner's got fucking loads of money, just do that way or get get the, the, the players to do it. And it's, I, like, I still find it slightly baffling that they they didn't chase every other avenue that they could have done before going to the retention scheme. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the, another brilliant thing in this is that the club has gone, held their hands up and gone, look, we're in the wrong. And, and as you say, they, they've apologised for it. And, you know, it's one of them things, I feel like it's it's like when you're a child uh, and you do something really bad and it really pisses off your parents. But, you know, if, if you hold your hands up and apologise, you, you might get off. Not angry, just disappointed is what you're looking for. And that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, but, you know, it's, it's I, I, I think... The, the fact Peter Moore's written a letter and the way the, the club's gone about it is good and, and is worth praising. Um, it's just, it's just as you say, a shame that they went through and, and made that decision in the first place. Yeah, um, let us know your thoughts uh, and questions in the comments and Tom will we'll send them over to me in a second. Uh, we're going to get two, three more pieces before we, before we get to those. Uh, Jürgen Klopp describes the first time he saw Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, in full Liverpool training. Uh, he did an interview with Pure, the Pure Football Podcast, which is with Gillian Balagay, who Chris interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's on RevNTV.com. Uh, shameless book. You want to go read that? Um, so he explained it's Trent. We didn't have to buy him, but Pep Linders, my assistant, brought him around. Uh, he said he played in, in the number six uh, for me. He played full-back, right wing and left wing. Uh, then he came. There was only one problem. Trent was not fit enough, but he was a kid, so we he was a kid, so he was not fit enough. And we saw immediately, wow, football-wise, no doubts. We're not fit enough, so we have to work on that. But then he made the steps himself uh, really unbelievable, and it was that really nice to see. Then he made mistakes and didn't give up. Um, Jack, that's, well, one of the things we've been talking about is making mistakes, but also I think it's different when you, Alexander-Arnold, and you cover the academy stuff, you know, a hell of a lot. And I think Trent, you know, he's always been criticised for him kind of, his, his lack of defending. And I think because he's been around for so long, because not used to it because his standards are so high because the standards of the team are so high and there's also that the banter culture and you know tribalism rival fans go well he, he can't tackle he can't do this he can't do that I think it's important to remember he's just the kid isn't he Absolutely, and, and you know another shameless plug here but we talk about him on the academy channel a lot and you know it's it's absolutely the, the sort of um, mentality you want from from a person of his age and, and coming through the academy, you know, like we, we've spoke about before how when he's when he was coming through, you know, he, he didn't have enough muscle and, and Klopp questioned that. And then within the space of a few months, he, he's bulked up loads and, and he's the, the player he is today. You know, I, I think he's he's been excellent. And once again, the, the bit I noticed about that article is is the man that found him again, Pep Linders, who I think will be um, Klopp's uh, successor when he leaves. I, I think he's he's a brilliant man and he'll be the the man to take Liverpool forwards post-Klopp um, but you know I, I, I think 
Trent's Trent's an outstanding player, and I, I've constantly said the the best right back in the world. Um, and the the fact he's come through our academy is sensational. And you know we've we've seen since Trent's come through that there's been a few more players as well. Um, there was a there was sort of there was a period of time post you know when we had Gerard Carragher players like that coming through. There was a period of time where our, our academy wasn't making. Yeah. And then Trent comes along and now we've got Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, a lot of youngsters coming through. So it's really good to see. Yeah, I think the thing about Trent is we covered this the other week. I think the, the, the scout who initially found him when he was playing football, I think Trent got him tickets for the Champions League final. So it's nice that he's, he's in that humble kid for you know someone at such a young age. I say kid, he's, he's 21, isn't he? Um, next, Jack, you picked up on this just before we, got, we went live. Uh, Premier League clubs advised they may only get a two-week break before the start of the season. Um, obviously, it came out yesterday, which we covered. They're going to suspend it indefinitely uh, after the country went into lockdown and the coronavirus. Uh, 20 Premier League clubs held a video conference on Friday as they tried to find a way to complete the season. Um, just let me scroll down a little bit. Uh, the Daily Mail thinks that the Premier League clubs have been warned it could be as little as a two-week break between the seasons. They look to get football scheduled back on track. And this is part of the uh, people's problems initially over the past couple of weeks. Jack, when they're saying, you know, just avoid, not avoid this season and then, you know, it doesn't go on and affect next season. Essentially, I know it's not the same because they're still training and whatnot, but they, they, they kind of had a break from football. And I don't think it's not the same because it's not the same for anybody in the world currently right now, you know, you know, I'm trying to like take a hold of it, but we can't. And then it's like it's the same thing for us. It's like you know, if football comes back again, and then because is partly why I, I mentioned it, you know, if football comes back in two months' time, and then you go straight into the football again, it's just gonna it's gonna it's gonna be constant. And then you've got the whole summer on top of that as well. From the players' perspective, okay, it's all well and good. It's not the mental break that they want, is it? I suppose if, if, if this is to happen, what we've got here is is. Everyone's desperate for it to affect next season as little as possible. So, you know, they go in, it may not finish till August or, or July. Therefore, it may be a two-week break and then we can carry on with next season uh, for, as, for as long as possible. Do I think this will happen? Absolutely not. Um, I, I can't see managers and players being OK with just a two-week gap. You know, they've got the Euros next summer as well. I think it'd be incredibly difficult. I think they'll need at least a month um, with transfers and stuff as well and, and you know coaches need to get their new players and, and test new things out in the summer and stuff I, I just think it, it's it's impossible but as you say looking at this right now we don't know when this will finish it, it may not be done until 2021 so you know it, it would be incredibly difficult um, and it, it's 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 where we've got to look at things now and say everything everything's just guesses at, at this point in time. You know, like they're probably just warning um, players and staff that it may be a two-week break just in case because nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, and I think that's more that that's the more likely scenario. I, I I think they'll do everything they can and they should be doing everything they can to avoid that that case. Uh, last story, um, this is a bit of a sour note to be honest, this is from Adriano Del Monte. Uh, Liverpool refused to reimburse €17,000 to 290 Atletico fans who did not travel to Anfield for last month's Champions League clash after they were urged by Spanish government not to. Instead, Atletico have, uh, have covered the costs. Um, I'm not sure where I stand on this one, Jack, to be completely honest with you. you know, they, they were advised by their government not to travel. Um, they weren't allowed to go to their own games, um, you know, and without opening up a can of worms, it's obviously been a spike in, in Liverpool the past couple of weeks. Um, and it was a report last week, I think, you know, due to one of the football games, we didn't allude to which one it was, 
Uh, but I don't think it takes too much to guess which one of those that it, that it, that it was. Where do you stand on this? I, I, I've said throughout all of this that, you know, that game should not have gone ahead um, at all. Um, you know, I think Dave Maddock did a really good piece going ahead of that game. He did a really good thread uh, on what was going on in Madrid at the time. And, you know, with it just starting to go up with cases in England, that this could be a c- catastrophe. Um, and, you know, looking back at it now, and, and this is, has nothing to do with the result on the night, but it shouldn't have gone ahead at all. And, and, and if it should, it, it should have been behind closed doors like PSG and Dortmund was. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of them now where it's probably the right thing to do that they're reimbursed. Because I think looking back at it now, if, if my government had advised me not to go, if I'd been not advised to go to a game, I'd, I'd, I'd want some kind of money back, you know, especially when the game does go ahead and, and it was the kind of night it was for, for Madrid. Um, but at the same time, we should have known that that was the case and that Madrid were advising fans not to come because we weren't aware of that. We weren't aware of the danger at the time. Obviously, people were saying that it could be dangerous, it could be c- catastrophic for people, but the, they, we didn't get the same media coverage here that, you know, there was going to be a lot of M- Madrid fans coming, so we, we've got to be careful. We had the odd person, but it, it definitely wasn't on a, on a big scale. So, you know, it, it's difficult, um, but looking back at it now, that game definitely should have, shouldn't have gone ahead, and I, I think it's probably the, the right thing to, to give fans that didn't travel their money back. Um, let's get some comments now, just before we do, just a reminder for the Athletic deal, if you want a seven-day free trial and 50% off your yearly subscription, go to www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash redmenews, uh, that will be in the description as well if you're watching this after the fact. Uh, comments, Megasting1981 said, I'm pleased they, they have seen the light uh, and apologised to the fans too. Kate Brennan, FSG, could make up to us by, by signing Mbappe. I really tweeted something very similar to that last night and decided to leave it. But it would be nice for them to kind of go, actually, this is how sorry we are. Um, I know Tom's going to be going mad in, in his room somewhere because he hates him back, don't you, Tom? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's not in. But, you know, a, a new sign would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it was. But, you know, you've got to look at this now, that the fact that they made that decision. Maybe they did it at the time in, to ensure that, you know, they can make marquee signings down the line for the next few years. Um, and, and this may jeopardise them now. But, you know... As I said before, I think this is the most moral decision and every single club is going to be affected down the line in terms of transfers and money and whatnot. So I don't think we should be looking at uh, things like Mbappe right now. You know, I, I just think we should be looking for this to be over and, and to see Jordan Henderson lifting that trophy. That That's what I'm hoping for. Oh, man. Uh, last one, AXZ60 says, people need to realise that business... This is make hard decisions and occasionally the directors will make questionable decisions. At least they always listen to the fans. I think that's probably the key point in this. And I shouldn't do this. But, you know, if you look elsewhere in the Premier League, I think like said Mike Ashley, I don't think anyone within the right mind is expecting him to make a U-turn. And those things that we discussed at the top of the show of, you know, the ticket prices and trademark stuff uh, and, you know, and this. Like, at least they do listen to us and, like, you know, they do care. Because I know there's, there's up and down the Premier League and across Europe or, you know, in, in, other, in other leagues or other clubs, you've got owners where that just, the cohesion just isn't there. I, I know they've made a mistake and whatever, but it's kind of the same grace of all this. Well, I think at least you've listened to us because it could be a lot worse. Absolutely. Obviously, they made the decision on the Friday that their minds are changed by the Monday. You know, they've listened over the weekend and they've made a quick decision to change their mind um, as I say I, I don't think they deserve too much praise for it but at the end of the day um, they've 
comes to the right decision now and, and you know that's something that Daniel Levy hasn't done um, so I, I think it's one of them situations where they've done the right thing they've listened and now there'll be more pressure on Tottenham and, and Newcastle to do a similar thing which which has been good from the owners to, to come to that decision good. OK, uh, we'll wrap it up there just a couple of things before I go uh, on RedmanTV.com there's currently an interview with Jose Enrique Chris Sepp it's absolute belter of an interview uh, later on this week, we are recording the podcast this afternoon on subscribers Q&A. Uh, it was really fun last week. Paul will be interviewing Jimmy Shrore, uh on Wednesday, so that'll be out later on this week as well. And on Friday night, we're doing a, a Redmond TV Live pub quiz. Uh, so, so far, it's me, Chris, Paul, Steele, uh, Emma Sanders, Adam Rowe. Uh, we've got a couple more people involved, including some subscribers. So if you do nothing on Friday night, come and have a drink, have some snacks. Uh, get pissed and have some drinks with us. Uh, Jack will be back tomorrow with the news with Georgia. So if Jack's taking over the first time, go and show him some support uh, and check out the news. And Jack, do a good job. Uh, I'll see you then. Tomorrow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.